Hey friends, you guys just listened to me go on a little spiel about Anchor. Well, when you listen to that, it helps us make a little money, a penny at a time. This money is going to be put towards buying microphones for the podcast to help make the sound quality become more enjoyable for you guys. We appreciate everything you guys do for us. We would also like to be clear that the music you hear on this podcast is not ours. We do not own the rights to any of it. Teddy is working on making the official Roughnecks podcast audio, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Our podcast is meant to be comical, informational, interesting, and hopefully sometimes all of the above. If anything we say offends you, just know it's not intentional. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. But before we get into this week's episode, make sure you stop what you're doing. Go follow us on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast. Share our episode using the hashtag, hashtag Roughnecks Podcast. We are out on many platforms now, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. Go subscribe, rate, and review. Leave an honest review because we appreciate any feedback we get from you guys. If you ever have a topic idea, a question for Teddy or Cole, or just want to be a special guest, then email us at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram. But now it is time to get into this week's episode. So we are back with another episode of the Roughnecks podcast. This is episode 10. Once again, we have another special guest joining us. And as you can guess, it's probably another Ohio Wesleyan football coach. Welcome to the Roughnecks podcast, Coach Morgan Cotter. Cole, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to come talk to you guys. Uh, I've listened to most of the first first nine just to get a feel of what's going on. You and you and Teddy just kind of rolling it out. So I'm excited to uh, sit here, have a conversation with you and kind of see where we go tonight. Speaking of Teddy, Teddy's actually stepped back from the podcast for now because he's in the big boy world and has a lot going on. So I understand uh-huh. it until he's got a little more free time. He's just going to take a break from it, but he'll he'll definitely be back. I know he will because he loves doing it. So just to start, uh, let's give us a little background on yourself. I got you. Well, um, I've been at Ohio Wesleyan for the last four seasons. I think you were your freshman year was my my first year to to roll in. Um, prior to that, I was the head coach at Marysville High School for five years and then Fairbanks High School for five years and then an assistant coach for a number of years. So I think this is technically season 21, however you however you want to call this season um, yeah. of coaching. But no, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a good ride. And now the last four years here at Ohio Westland, I was first three years, I was a defensive line coach. And then now I'm the offensive line coach. Uh, it, it is one of two things. Either I'm really good at what I do or um, not really good at what I do. So I could just move around a whole lot. <laughs> well, you aren't the only of... coach who's moved around. A bunch of our coaches have moved around. I think Bo and D are really the only ones that I can think of are still with the same position group from when I got here. Yeah. So, I mean, heck, we've had, what, four or five different corners coaches since I've been here. <laughs> this is true. So. Yeah. It's the, it's the upside or downside of the uh, – division three world you somebody asks you to do something and you're like yes i'll just go like uh, when coach watts first came to me and we had the conversation of you coming over to ohio westland i I told him that the only thing i ask is i get to coach and i didn't really care on position or side of the ball i said i have some preferences but what i want is number one i just want to coach football and i want to make sure you guys uh I can help you guys in any way I can. So that was really the conversation coach Watson and I had. That was kind of my interview. 
<laughs> so it was good. So you went to Kent State originally for college. Um, what made you choose Kent State? Well, I actually started at a small D2 school in Indiana, St. Joseph's College in Rensselaer, Indiana, which is actually no longer open. They closed their doors two years ago, I think. So um, so I had a scholarship to go play football um, at a small D2 school, which was fantastic. It was a great opportunity uh, that the coaches there uh, gave me money to come play. But um, sometimes chasing the money isn't the wisest thing to do. Go go. I will tell a lot of guys, go play where the love is, not necessarily where the money is, because they don't always they don't always line up. So like I said, I had an opportunity to go out there and it just the D2 that school wasn't me. I mean, D2 was great, fantastic, but um, there were less kids on campus at St. Joe's than there were in my high school. Yeah. So it felt very high school-ish to me. I mean, everybody was in everybody's business and there's things like that. And then I had that opportunity, a uh, coach who re recruited me pre previously um, was still at Kent. So I gave him a call and I said, hey, coach, you – you still looking for a walk on linebacker? I can long snap and things like that. And he goes, sure, come on out. So I transferred to Kent my sophomore year and I was a walk on. Nobody knew me from anybody else. I was really thinking it was, I'm going to give it a walk on, try, see what happens. And really I was there to get an education. I was looking to, to go there and I enjoy, loved Kent. So next thing I know, you know, you're, you're in the walk-on world. So I was uh, the tackling dummy on defense. Um, <laughs> that sounds a lot like what Owen kind of said when he was at Ohio State. Yep. I was I was a tackling dummy. I mean, literally, I would be in the linebacker drills. I would do all the linebacker drills. I'd do that. And as soon as we break, I would um, – I actually spent more time playing defensive tackle on the scout team than I played linebacker my, my first year at Kent. So it was one of those. But the, the – the real break for me was I had the ability to long snap. So we, I don't know, one day we get into scout stuff and they're like, hey, we need to punt team. So I run over. Like I tell every young guy, when they yell scout team, special teams, you just go running. That's if one they, thing. I, get... I remember my first day on in camp and they did wanted scout team. And like, I remember all the seniors and everybody like telling the freshmen, like, go, like, this is your time to like show yourself. That, that's exactly I every young kid I ever talked to people are like hey how do I get noticed you go run on to scout team special teams you just run out there and if they get rid of you they get rid of you but they look at you and say hey Cole I'm glad you're out here but we don't need you today yeah and your name just pops up over and over and over so if you want to get noticed in a college program be the first dude that runs out for scout team special teams so that was that was my deal I ran out for scout team punt team and they're like I said I can long snap and the coach looked at me oh sure you can and I'm like I really I promise I can so I snapped the first few balls and the coach was like oh wait a second you can long snap I'm like <laughs> that was a conversation we just had but you know when you're you're a walk-on sophomore nobody knows you just keep your mouth shut and you just do what you do so that whole season because I transferred I had to red shirt so it was a red shirt year for me and I knew it I mean the uh, the best way I got known by our defensive coordinator, we played at home. So the walk on or the red shirt linebackers had to carry the defensive coordinator's cords, which is just an awful job. Now they're all wireless. But if you watch uh, 
um, Harbaugh at Michigan, he still has corded headphones. Mm -hmm. Well, we had to carry the cords. Well, we were not good. I mean, that's just fact <laughs> of life. That was the first win our defensive coordinator had in his two seasons as defense coordinator. So guess who had to carry cords for the remainder of the season? <laughs> that was me. Uh, I carried his cords and yanking stuff. He goes running. So I carried his cords. I was the scout team long snapper. I was a scout team three technique and nose tackle and just got the hell beat out of me for, you know, a whole season. But that I pretty much resigned myself to the fact that, hey, whatever you guys need me to do, I'll do. Wasn't really my my picture of, of what I wanted, but I knew that, that that was just my role. So I just did it. Uh, if this makes the team better, let me know. I'll do it. So I spent that first year as a, Scout team, whatever I was. And then my next year, we had a senior long snapper. I was a third string linebacker, the backup long snapper, got in on some kickoff and kickoff return. I mean, the, the glory days of, uh, you know, being that, that walk on the straight starter was not me. Yeah. I, I just did what I did and was where I was supposed to be. And then my third year, I became the long snapper. Uh, earned a scholarship over the summer. So Dean Pease was our head coach at that time, who was a, the Titans defensive coordinator until he retired a year ago and things like that. And I was a long snapper and he put me on scholarship and probably very, very grateful. Like anybody else, you, if somebody else is paying for your schooling, that is a bonus. Oh yeah. Um, so it, it, it turned out. So I long snapped for the next two seasons, I mean, I mean, the glorious thing of me, I played three defensive snaps in my entire college career. So we're at Marshall and we had some injuries and I was a linebacker, but, I, you know, my job was to be the long snapper. Long snap punts, long snap extra points and jog off the field. That was my job. I was going to ask, is but, that your favorite memory? What's your favorite memory while you were there? Oh, my favorite memory at Kent? Um now, there are a lot of them. Some of them are positive, some are negative. Um, my favorite memory is probably the year that the senior was a long snapper. The reason I got the job is we traveled to Navy, playing at Navy and playing the military academies is is a, kind of an honor. I mean, it's kind of fun. Those guys just play football because I love to play football, just like you guys do at uh, the D3 world. They're playing. They know that the next step is they're going to the military. But we're at we're at the Naval Academy, and uh, you know, backup long snapper, you're pretty excited about just getting to watch football. So exactly. you're looking left and right, and next thing I know, first punt goes down the field, our long snapper goes down, and he gets undercut and uh, tears his ACL. I'm standing on the sideline, I'm like, he's hurt. I'm with the play. <laughs> that was my <laughs> when Mario got hurt at the pole when I was a sophomore. That was my like, oh, like. Oh, I, I have to play now. Yeah, well, you, you feel awful. You're like, yeah. uh, I'm not, I want to earn my job. I don't want you to be hurt. And you're just like, that's awful. Yeah. Wait a second. I'm with play. <laughs> and you're just excited about it. So next punt down the field, our, our special teams coordinator comes out and goes, hey, you, you, you know you're up. And I don't know if you know me very well, Cole, but I am a huge smart ass. <laughs> so he, he looked at me and goes, you know you're up. And I said, hey you should have started me before this game started. And he just looked at me like, well, you're kind of a dick. Like, Whatever. So we run out on the field, next punt, snap the football. 
head down the field. Kid goes to return it, fumbles Morgan Cotter on the recovery. <laughs> First play that I was ever on the field at Kent State, recovered a fumble at Navy. No. Watch the film. I should have scooped and scored because <laughs> no one was around me and there was nobody between me and the end zone. We were on about the 35 yard line, but I'll, I'll take the fumble yeah, recovery. So that's what, at least you got the ball. You, you got the ball. That's I all mean, that matters. I came off and I looked at our special team score and I said, told you. <laughs> and he's like, and he goes, yeah, you're a dick. I'm like, got it. So that, that's probably my biggest excitement. I mean, like you said, when you're a special teams dude, and I love special teams in and out, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> but I love special teams inside and out. And it, it just grew from that. But like I said, three defensive snaps in my entire career. And they were at Marshall. Chad Pennington was a quarterback. I mean, so I've played against some dudes in my career, but yeah. Three plays. That's it. My job was get on the field, get people lined up, get off the field. So <laughs> you say you said you played against some dudes, but didn't you play with some dudes too? I played against some dudes, and I played with some dudes. Um, I would say my roommate from college has a big fat Super Bowl ring. Um, Dan Goodspeed. He played for the Buccaneers when when they won their Super Bowl. The other one, really for me, we there was a lot of linemen when I was there. We didn't, our skill kids were good, but they weren't uh, NFL good. I mean, the NFL skill kids started to show up a couple years after I was there. Like Josh Cribs um, was, he came on campus two years after I was there. Um, Julian Edelman was probably, he was, he was probably seven or eight years after I was there. I mean, the, the dude that I played with was James Harrison. I mean, James Harrison, you know, Super Bowl MVP. Everybody knows who he is. You, you hear about him. You talk about him um, being that real gruff, straightforward, just uh, that's that dude. I mean, he is um, what you see he was what actually you get. a walk on. Really? Yeah. He was a walk on at Kent. Um, there something in high school. He didn't really want to play. Ended up on campus. And uh, one of our offensive linemen was like to Dean Pease, our head coach, was like, this is a kid you might just want to talk to see if he might want to come out well fast forward good call <laughs> yeah no um, kidding yeah but uh, he was in the linebacker group it was just one of those so he comes in i want to say he started in the spring so it had been a spring uh i think it was the spring of my junior year so it was going into my senior year so i only played one one season with him but he's in the weight room it's in the winter so we're in the weight room it's max out day and i want to say he's only been around for three or four weeks. So we go into squat maxes. I mean, I'm feeling warm and fuzzy about myself. I'm like, I got like a a 600 pound squat. I'm feeling, you know, yoked up. And James Harrison walks in. It was like 725 or something stupid. You're like, I didn't even see this kid for the last six weeks. (laughs) I mean, it was just, it was just one of those. He was, he was sucked is, was a freak of nature. I mean, it just, you're just like, People like that don't exist unless oh, you, you see his like workout that. videos on like that he posts on social media and you're just like, yeah. how? Like <laughs> yeah. he does some crazy stuff. He, I mean, he plays, they play volleyball or like toss ball, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it with a, yeah. like a, one of them weights or the, yeah, like a 40 pound med ball. Yeah. He's chucking around <laughs> like me and you would beat around a volleyball. Yeah. But yeah, he was the, he was the same dude then, but he, I mean, the intensity he played with, it was just at a different level um he rivaled guys that that, that in, 
he was above a rival of anybody that I had ever played with before or seen before. I mean, like I said, I, I played with, I knew him through the spring. We were in camp. I mean, the, the story I still have of him is, you know, I am the long snapper. I go to linebacker meetings. That, that was my job. And again, gray hair, gray beard. I got it all. <laughs> so I'm kind of old. We're still in the world of, you know, VHS. So, you know, how we get on huddle and watch huddle and we watch huddle practice film and all that stuff. Yeah. We watch VHS practice film. <laughs> Literally, they bring it down, they bring you the tape and they slide it in. Well, my position coach is Randy Bates. He's now the defense coordinator at uh, Pitt. So coach Bates would walk in and he's like, Cotter, you're one of those elementary dudes. You know how to work all this stuff. So if I got a problem with the, the tape and stuff, you just need to fix it. So I sat next to the video machine and, you know, I wasn't in practice film. I was a long snapper. That's my job. I go through individual. I knew what defenses were. I knew all that fun stuff because I kind of knew I was going into that coaching world. So I just paid attention to all that stuff. So one day we go, our, our um, position room, I would call it, I don't know, the intern room at, uh, at Ohio Westland. It's not even quite that big. So there's, I think we had about 10 or 12 linebackers at the time. Well, I'm in there. I'm sitting down. I'm sitting next, you know, accidentally everybody's got a assigned seat. You know how that works in, in meeting rooms. Everybody's got an assigned seat, but nobody's assigned one. So I'm sitting there and James walks in and I look up and I'm like, James, what's going on? He looked me dead in the face. was like, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> gotcha, James. I'll just shut the fuck up. Because... <laughs> You can just dirt stomp me in 30 <laughs> seconds. It's cool. Long snap, just shut the fuck up. I'm here, I'm here for you, whatever you need. If you need me to fix the video machine, I'll get it fixed. But but it wasn't that he was mis- mean, vicious. It just was who he was. And he was, he. but the thing about, he was just locked in before practice. I, this is what I do. This is how I do it. I just happened to be there. And James, he was just locked in for practice. <laughs> and that was the intensity he had at practice and games and weight room. And so, I mean, we weren't close off the field, but in the in but that's just who he was. Once you learn that, you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> we boys. Um, wasn't he a snake guy too? He was a snake guy. He had this big ass python. <laughs> everybody knew he had. Oh man. So yeah, I mean, I just I just feel like he would be the type of person because like he's kind of that. I I don't know if I want to say quiet, but he seems a little quieter. But like. Mm-hmm and he just kind of keeps to himself and does his own thing. Yeah, you're either in his world or is out of his world, and there's no, like, gray area. But, like I said, good teammate, played his ass off and put himself in a position. You got you to gotta really respect a guy who – I think the Steelers cut him two, maybe three times before he, he made the team. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, a guy that you look at that, Super Bowl MVP, all pro, all that, but – you really go back and you look, he just worked his ass off, put himself in a position to be successful and just never gave up. So exactly. good for him. I mean, that's probably the best guy I ever played with. Um, Eugene Baker might've been one of the best athletes I ever played with. Mm-hmm. Astron Watley was, had the fastest, I mean, the fastest Cole Nixon um, <laughs> shuttle run of all time. I mean, he was a, he was a sub four seconds shuttle run kid. Oh, wow. I wish just now out of the blue i mean i would say it would be astron watley and then cole nixon 
<laughs> oh, I got beat. I got beat for the first time in my career yesterday. Uh, I know. So, You're getting old. That's uh, no kidding. That's what I told Bo, and he just he didn't like that excuse. Yeah, he's, no, you, <laughs> we can't have that. So yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I played with I played with a lot of incredible athletes and dudes, and and it's just fun. I mean, I was not that incredible athlete. I was not that dude. I had a skill, and skills take you a lot of places. Exactly. Yeah. But, so after the whole football world, you got into teaching. When did you get into teaching? I, right out of college. Um, I graduated in May of 2000, and I was teaching coaching in August of 2000. I mean, uh, so it was just – I knew – I always knew I wanted to coach. So my question was, is how do I get there? So teaching was the, the way to get there. It was, it, was, it was a good way to go. I mean, if you want to hear a story – how, my interview to get my first job, fantastic. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, I'm, I don't know, 22 years old, um, living at home, living with my parents, you know, trying to save as many dollar bills as I can. I was the pool manager in Marysville, Ohio. So my job, I mean, in the summer, I managed the pool, scheduled lifeguards and all that stuff, but I'm trying to find a teaching job. Well, North Union Rural School just up the way. I don't think we have any North Union kids on the, no, we don't have any North Union kids on the roster right now. But so I heard they had a teaching opening. So I'm on my way to the pool, but I'm like, I got an hour. So I run up to North Union. It was probably, it's 20 minutes from my parents' house. My, I was going to drop off my resume, drop off my cover letter, my application. You know, I'm just trying to find a job. So I drive up there 25 minutes away. I live at home. So I'm telling my mom, I said, hey, mom, I'm going to run up to North Union. I'm going to drop this off. She goes, I'll ride, ride up with you. <laughs> okay, I'll jump in the car. Let's go. So we we drive up. I am in an outfit built to go to the pool. So <laughs> flip-flops, mesh shorts, T-shirt. Not really thinking about it. I mean, let me tell you, Cole, if you're when you go to get your first job and you're dropping applications off, don't do that. <laughs> Bad choice. But anyways. So I drive up to the Board of Education at North Union. I, I roll in. Really, I have my resume, I have my cover letter, and I have the application. I walk into the board office, very nice um, lady. Uh, her name is Joy. I still see her face, but I can't think of her last name. Is the secretary. I walk in, hand her my resume, and she goes, oh, thank you very much. We have an opening. I said, well, I heard you had a middle school science opening. That's really kind of where I'm leaning towards. And so she takes you, she goes, hey, wait a second, our middle school principal's in the board office. Would you like to meet her? <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, t-shirt, mesh shorts, flip-flops. This is what I'm wearing. Again, Cole, when you go to drop your first application <laughs> off, at least put on khakis. <laughs> so anyway, so she comes out, uh, Diana Martin, uh, fantastic lady, first lady I, I worked for, was a wonderful lady to work for. And she comes out and shake her hand. Mrs. Morton, great to meet you, whichever. And she looks at me and she goes, oh, we have an opening. I said, well, yeah, I heard. She goes, well, would you like to interview right now? I go, well, I, hold on. Would I, you haven't looked at my resume because it's sitting right there. Um, you haven't looked at my application. She goes, well, we're, I mean, this is late June, I think. She goes, well, you know, more, uh, would you just like to talk, sit down, talk, have an interview? I'm like, I would love to, but hold on. And she goes, what do you mean? Hold on. I said, I got to walk out of the car and tell my mom that I'm having an interview. She goes, 
what are you talking about? I said, I didn't, I just dropped my interview, my packet off. My mom was at the, I, she goes, your mom's sitting in the car? I said, yes, my mother's sitting in the car and you just asked me for my first professional interview. I mean, I had interviewed a couple times in another place, but I'm like, this is one of my first, yes. So hold on, please. So I walk out, I'm like, nah, you'll never believe what's going on. I'm getting an interview right now. My mom's like, um, my mom and I have very similar personalities. She goes, no shit. I'm like, demo. So I walked back in. I said, anyway, the, I mean, it's 95 degrees outside. I'm like, anyway, my mom can like sit in the air conditioned office for a little while. So my mom comes in, she talks to Joy, the secretary. My mom's making friends. I'm like, this is either a bonus or a bad thing because <laughs> she's as crazy as I am. So we go in, I have my interview with the super or with the, the uh, principal. It goes well. We talk, we we have this whole thing. So we come back down into the, the waiting room where my mom's sitting talking to Joy. They've become best friends. So I'm sitting there and next thing I know, principal says, hey, just hold on for a second before you leave. I'm like, oh, no problem. Stand there for about two or three minutes, talking to Joy, very nice lady, my mother, this. Principal walks out. She goes, the superintendent would like to interview you right now. <laughs> I'm like, wait a Superintendent wanted to interview me now? And I looked at the, the principal and I go, you know I'm wearing t-shirts, mess shorts, and flip-flops, right? I, I, so I, I walk back in, Dr. Young, she, she was the superintendent. I walk in her office and the first thing I, Dr. Young, I just have to apologize for my outfit. She goes, well, I knew it was sort of impromptu. I'm like, I appreciate that because t-shirt shorts, flip-flops, <laughs> this is my interview. So I sit there, I'm talking. Meanwhile, I'm supposed to be at the pool like 45 minutes ago. I am late for my other job. I'm like, <laughs> bad. I'm going to lose that job. But I'm like, well, eh, that job's $10 an hour. This one's my career. Yeah. We'll see what happens when I get there. So I have that interview. So it goes through good. So I walk out back in the office and the principal goes, Hey, um, I would love for you to come over and see the middle school. I have never seen the middle school at North Union. Well, yeah, let's go tour the middle school. Let's go for it. So I, I walk over, we, we go over to the middle school. We're touring, we're talking. Principal walks me around this and that. And she, so we walk into her office. She goes, hold on one second. So I'm sitting in the office. Now I'm talking to the middle school secretary, um, Kim Chapman, wonderful lady. Um, so we're talking uh, again, my mother's with me because why would you not have your mom's first interview? <laughs> Great impressions we got going on. So we're sitting there. So she walks in the office, she comes back out. She goes, Morgan, like to talk to you for a second. So I walk into her office, Mrs. Martin. Um, she goes, Morgan, we'd like to offer you um, the seventh grade science position. She goes, um, how long did you could accept that job? I'm like, now I need a job. <laughs> so yeah, she considering me, I think I might have just lost my other one. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think I just got fired. Uh, so I'm like, um, I, yes, I think uh, I said, well, I would just like to, I said, I, I can answer in 24 hours. I would just like to have my, you know, trying to be the bullshitter. Like I got other things on the hook. Yeah. I got nothing. She goes, no. Well, what if uh, you could be the head middle school football coach? Yes. She goes, um, what about JV baseball? Yes. <laughs> then she goes, how about yearbook advisor? No. 
there'll be no your advisor i can barely spell my own name and then she goes well athletics she goes how about middle school athletic director first year teacher head football coach baseball coach i said i think that would be not very good for me so that is how i got my first teaching job t-shirt mesh shorts flip-flops so words of advice, wear a t-shirt, flip, mess shorts and flip-flops and bring your mom to your first well, Bring your mom. That, that one, that one just, that one just ices the cake yeah. because people just feel bad. They're like, this kid needs out of his parents' house. <laughs> so yeah, that, I mean, that was my, that was my first teaching job. I ended up, uh, I, like I said, I was the head football, middle school football coach and that transitioned into defensive coordinator to high school the following year. And so then my coaching career rolled along. So now it was, like I said, my first interview was uh, a very interesting way to interview for jobs. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. That would, uh, that's one hell of a story. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I wouldn't suggest it. It worked for me, but I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> Especially not anymore today. I feel like it wouldn't work. Yeah. A smaller I, school, I think you can get away with it. But when you go to like the bigger schools, it might be a little more difficult. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't even know what I was thinking. I was just like, I'm dropping this stuff <laughs> off. I'm going to drop it off. I guess I thought I was going to put it like in a the night deposit box. I don't know. Because why would I show up in t-shirts, mesh shorts, and flip-flops? <laughs> I mean, I guess I kind of similar, actually, now that I think about it. My first job, I showed my brother told me he worked there and then told me about a job opening, and he was still friends with the uh, owners. I went after basketball practice, still sweaty, and sweatpants and a sweatshirt and slides and didn't really think about it. And then I ended up getting, like, working later that day. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, uh, not the best way to go professional job hunting. No, probably but, not. You know, it worked. For it worked me. out. It's all that matters. But yeah, so it just is it just kind of how the the world works out. But but yeah, and then you know, and next thing I know, hanging out at Ohio Westland with the Cole Nixon. <laughs> so when you came to Ohio Westland, you were the special teams coach. Have you always like wanted to be special teams coach? Is it something you've always liked doing or is it something that's kind of grown over time? Well, well the funny thing is, is I, I, Coach Watson and I were acquaintances through recruiting. They recruited some of our kids. I, I'd sent, I mean, I don't know that we ever landed anybody to Ohio Westland, but I knew those guys. And then Coach Watts was kind of looking for a D-line coach. And he can't, I'm like, I was still the head coach at Marysville. And he's like, I'm looking for a young D-line coach. I'm like, how about an old D-line coach? <laughs> so it, it, it turned to that. So really when I came on, I was – me and U-Haul were D-line coaches. I didn't have a whole lot to do with the special teams. Um, the the first special teams piece came – I mean, for young coaches out there, young anybody's – I I was at um, – it would have been the spring before your freshman year was the first time I was on campus coaching. So all that entire spring, I don't know that I said a word in a staff meeting. I just sat and I took notes and I listened and I pulled things and listened. I'm assume and that's I made... not the same anymore. I, I, <laughs> I, I do and don't. I, I pick my battles because right or wrong, I, I'm not there every day, all day long. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I don't feel at times I don't feel like it's my place to – Here's the idea, like with Coach Ward being the offensive coordinator, and he's like, he's got a plan together that he's worked on all day. I don't feel like it's my 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 spot to be like, no, that's dumb. But I have been there all day. 
Exactly. What I do is I listen to what Coach Ward says, Coach Watts, and those guys, and and then we put it in. And my job is, and being an older guy who has coached and been a head coach, all I want to do is is put input in. And if my input makes us better, fantastic. And if you ignore my input, I'm good there. Yeah. But that first spring, I didn't say anything. I mean, I just took notes. I listened to Coach D. I mean, I learned so much from Coach D in that first year, just of how to game plan and how to do different things. It was it was Coach fantastic. D is without a doubt one of the smartest football minds I think I've ever been around in my entire my entire I, life. I agree with you, and I've been around some really good defensive dudes, and and I learned so much from him in in the two and a half three years. I was just and like I said, I was a defensive coordinator for, I would say, prior to coming here, I would say 15 of my 17 years before coming to Ohio Westland, I was the defensive coordinator. And I just learned so much from him because it's a it's a different perspective and a guy that's just incredibly intelligent. Yeah. I mean, I won't even talk football intelligence. Coach D is just intelligent and he does a, a fantastic job of breaking down numbers and then, and then grinding things through. I mean, it's, it's fun to watch for a, a football dork like myself. He's fun to watch. He, yeah. He's rough. He likes what he does. He is steadfast in what he says, but it works. Exactly. I think, I think in one of the quiet times I talked about there, when we talk about branding, when you think about Ohio Westland football, you think about a defense that just knocks the shit out of people. Exactly. Well, that's because Coach D wants you to knock the shit out of people. And he, yeah. puts, and he puts you guys in positions to do it. So, like I said, that first spring, I didn't say anything. I mean, that wasn't my job. My job was to learn what we were doing and be a benefit to whoever I can be. Well, I feel that in my years of coaching, special teams is one of my big things. And so we're in, we're in summer. It would have been the summer coaching staff meetings before – your freshman year to get there we start talking well coach watts goes so we start talking to all the special teams he gets the punt team and he said something and I, and he goes so what do we think and i go i think our punt team's kind of antiquated and i think we're losing yardage and the room got dead ass silent <laughs> i'm like hmm. guess it wasn't my turn to speak <laughs> it was a Next thing I know, Coach Watts throws me a dry erase marker. He goes, then what are you going to do? I'm like, oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> Let's rock and roll. I'm up on, you know, the com the big conference room? Yeah. Big whiteboards. I'm like, give me some markers. So I start laying out basically our punt team that we, we've installed. I'm laying it out. I'm like, here, and we're doing this and this and this and this. So I get all done. I look up. Coach Watts is listening, real attentive. He goes, okay, good. And then he goes, on the punt return. I'm like, what's that mean? <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Right, cool. <laughs> Fast forward next day, he goes, uh, you're in charge of punt team. I want that installed. <laughs> okay. So come to find out, Coach Watts has always coached punt team everywhere he's been, and it's always been his baby. The punt team that they had installed was exactly what Coach Watts has always coached and really believed in. And I said it was antiquated and didn't work very well. Oof. <laughs> Welcome to the first time I opened my mouth <laughs> in a staff meeting. So, I mean, we roll on and it, right or wrong, it, it, 
when you come to find out if you ever coach, it doesn't matter what your X and O's are. If you can adjust to it, your kids believe in what you do, you're, you're going to be successful. No, I can or tell you, I'll never forget kick slide. I, until the day I die, I will never forget kick slide. Free. Put your hands in his chest and run in the other direction. Yes. Me and right. Shane, we're, we're, we got to where we're working on a rope. Yeah. And, per, and, that, and that's really what it is. Because actually, if you take what you two do and watch the NFL, that's what the NFL does on both sides. Yeah. We've just taken away because NFL rules, they're not allowed to leave the line of scrimmage until the ball's kicked. College, literally, we can run everybody down the field as soon as the ball's Yeah. Starts. So you might as well take advantage of the rules. And that was sort of my point to Coach Watts three or four years ago and then i found out that you know it's his baby and it also um, usually um, helps when you have very good punters like uh jerry harper and nick heidel yeah <laughs> you have jerry harper you have nick heidel they put the ball where you want it everybody fair catches it i mean in the last three years i think we've been in the top 10 in punt defense in the country yeah it was punt was like fun but it wasn't fun because usually we'd run down and you didn't have anything to do <laughs> you got nothing but the one time that somebody does it and you guys are like down there and your eyes are like you running the ball what do we do yeah so so it's it, like i said it, if you can adjust and you can get your kids to believe in what you're doing uh, it, uh, you just put them on the field and let's go play football and have fun so you've coached both o-line and d-line now since I i've have. been here yep. do you have a preference of the two Yes, I love them both. And they're <laughs> 100% totally different. They're, they're, they're like the yin and yang of each other. I mean, D-line, you're all about let's just go fast. I mean, funny thing is I just talked to uh, Jermaine Frazier-Phillips like two hours ago. I just, and I talked to Anthony all the time. And I, I, I try to keep involved. And when I, talk, when I coach those guys, I said rules are real simple. Number one. We're going to play fast. Number two, we're going to play fast. <laughs> Number three, we're going to do what we're supposed to do based in the defense. But look at rule one and two. Because if we can wreck havoc and we can put ourselves in the right position, we have great linebackers that can run. We make quarterbacks get off their landmarks. It's fantastic. But then it makes you, my you job flip. easy in the back end. <laughs> Correct. I mean, that, that ball comes out like a, a wobbly duck. You guys just go chase her down and get all the glory and – we just stand over and be like, that was us. <laughs> but then you, you turn around the other side of the ball. Offensive linemen tend to be some of the, the most selfless human beings on earth because I'm going to tell you to kick slide and that linebacker's run full speed at your face. And I'm going to tell you to stand there and try to put it under his chin <laughs> as you get run over. Or you, you, we need you to double team and cut it. So it's, and like I've said a, a thousand times to Coach Watts and anybody else, I just want to coach football. So if I get to coach offensive line and we put our kids in a position, we go be aggressive and we knock the shit out of people, fantastic. If we're playing defensive line and we're running fast and we're creating havoc, that's wonderful too. Um, I, I've coached every position on the field except for quarterbacks in my career. Yeah. So I was the safeties coach at Marysville for two years. I was the corner coach for a year. Uh, I've coached linebackers, I've coached D-line, I've coached running backs, wide receivers, and offensive linemen. Quarterbacks, only ones I haven't coached. <laughs> They're just too pretty for me. <laughs> you know? So it, it, I, I just love to coach. I mean, I, I had a, a really good conversation with one of the young coaches where I teach high school. And he kind of asked me, how do you do? I said, it's two things. Number one, 
you love the shit out of your kids and then you coach them hard. I mean, if those guys know that I got your back, you got my back. I mean, I can get after you in a hundred different ways, but if you know that in the end of the day, I have nothing but your best interest at heart, you guys are going to lay it on the line for me. So there's no reason for anything other than that. I mean. Oh, and that's like one of the things too. Like I look at look, our coaches here at Ohio Wesleyan, you're now the seventh coach. If you include Teddy and Max to do the yep. podcast with me. And like, I've, every time I've asked somebody, one of the coaches, you, none of you have questioned it. You just said, you're going to like, yeah, for sure. So it just like, it shows like you guys do care about your players and it makes, it does, like you said, it makes you want to play for that coach even more and yep. towards that goal. I mean, coach D is the, like the, and I go back to it because, um, I think Coach D is the only guy older than me on the staff. So I, I go back to just learning from him. But, I mean, Coach D can – I mean, I've seen him tear guys up one side, down the other, inside and out. Oh, I've always dreaded when I mess up in a game and I'm, that part's coming up on film and I know D knows it's coming up too. And it's like, yeah. oh, here we go. But the thing about it is you know it's coming. But you also know when the good thing happens, Coach D's got your back and he's going to praise you up and down one side and down the other. Oh, there's even been times where I didn't realize it was that good of a thing. And he like just pointed it out and you're like, oh, wow. Like I didn't even realize it for me that that's, that's the essence of being a good coach and a, a, a good dad, a good husband, a good, whatever you want to be. Yeah. There, there are times you've got to be critical to whoever that is, but if you want them to be beneficial to you, or you want something great out of them, you've got to be willing to love them up just like you correct them up. I mean, you, right or wrong, Two years ago, the year before I was the offensive line coach, we just weren't very good offensively. Uh, whatever the reasons are, you can – whatever it was. And it, you fast forward a year, we were better. Well, that has nothing to do with me. It just has to do with the confidence of our kids. Exactly. You play with good confidence, we're going to be much better. And and my job – I will tell people today, I, I am not the greatest of – teaching offensive line fundamentals i'm still learning i told our guys a year ago when i was the first off when that first fall i looked at crustic and coil and gur and all those guys and i looked at them i said i'm still learning i said i was given the offensive line job somewhere at the end of june we had camp like august 13th yeah i had like well actually the end of july i had like three weeks to figure out you know how to stop coaching D-line and start coaching offense. <laughs> but all I told those guys was play fast, play physical, and we'll fix the rest of it. Exactly. And so I think that's true in any way. Sometimes we give people too much information, no matter what you're doing. And it, you, you get the um, paralysis by analysis. Well, I got to think about this a little bit. Sometimes in the game of football, it's not real tough. Hit people, block them, tackle them, run the ball. If you can do those things, you're going to be pretty good. Yeah, my one piece of advice I got from my uncle when I was in high school, like starting to actually play varsity, he said, don't read, think, and react. He said, read and react. Stop thinking about it and just trust yourself and go for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if your coach does the right thing, you, you should have stopped thinking about it on Friday afternoon if the game's on Saturday or Thursday afternoon if the game's on Friday. Exactly thinking about it's done let's just go play let's have fun and the faster you run the more fun you have the more fun you have the faster you run pack those things together i'm like i said i'm not the smartest human on earth but i just know that uh 
playing fast and having fun makes people play fast and have fun. Exactly. It's just one of those. You just, if you enjoy what you're doing, then you go there. But like I said, love them up, coach them hard, and we're, we're going to be successful. Yeah. So our episodes come out every Monday at 10 a.m. And we finish each episode with what we like to call Motivation Monday. It started back two weeks ago with Coach O. Do you have any advice or a quote or maybe anything for someone who's going through adversity or just needs that little bump on their Monday morning? Any bump on your Monday morning? Um, it, it was one of those things. Um, my mom used to tell me every Friday morning before a game. I mean, strange enough, my mom was a bus driver. My dad was a brick mason. And we were a very blue-collar family. Every Friday morning, my mom would yell up the stairs on game day. It's a great day to be a monarch. I was a Marysville guy. And my mom, later in life, had some health issues. And she would – she was the same lady. Uh, she was tough as nails. But I just remember her telling me it's a great day to be a monarch. And if you can wake up every morning – with whatever it is and two things you it's either a great day to be whoever you are or it's a great day to be alive because every day is a great day to be alive um travis tritt song i know you're a good country boy oh yeah the the travis tritt song would be a great day to be alive and those two things remind me of my mom who is and always will be the toughest person i was ever around um but if you can wake up every morning with that idea, it's a great day to be whoever you are, and it's a great day to be alive. You're definitely going to put yourself in a position to be successful in whatever you do that day. And I, I am a big proponent of opti- being an optimist and a, and a thinker in that way. So if you can remember those two things, I think you're going to be you're going to put yourself in a position to be successful no matter what you do. All right. With that, that's a wrap on episode 10 of the Roughnecks podcast. Thank you, Coach Cotter, for being the seventh Ohio Wesleyan coach to join the show. At this I appreciate rate, it. Like I said, thank you so much for inviting me. I enjoyed it. You know, let me know when I get to do my encore show. because <laughs> I am in. I have more, I have more silly stories to tell anybody that wants to listen. Oh, I, I know that. You've told me some stories. There's definitely a lot of great stories that you have. Nope. Uh, as cool. always, be for sure to follow us on social media at Roughnecks Podcast. Next week, we possibly have a Purdue or a former Purdue running back for, out of Cleveland, Ohio, joining the show. If not, with schedules might not work out, then we will have the first-year head coach of the Danville Blue Devils joining the show. For now, Roughnecks out. <laughs> <laughs>